There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Flames Nation Radio, episode number 68, the Yarmer Yager numbered edition. Uh, it is mid to late January, depending on how you define mid to late January. He's Shane. I'm Ryan. As always, we're brought to you by Eau Claire Distilleries, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Normally, we uh, we go through uh, you know our usual segments this week because... Yeah, we figure, you know, we'll do this every once in a while. We'll probably do this again before the, the trade deadline. But we're doing uh, an oops, all mailbag edition of the program. Uh, but first, Shane, uh, Shane, you've had uh, – it's been tough on the on the Betway bets of the day in the last little bit. And I, none of it's been your fault. It, we do not blame you, Shane. You were merely the messenger. No, no. We can blame me for the uh, of Nashville game. I went big on those ones. I was like, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it today. You, you I, thought I, they, one, I went you, one for three. <laughs> Shane thought they finished strong on the road trip, and it did not quite work out. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Shane thought that they'd have a, a more impressive performance against a Colorado Avalanche team missing, off the it top did. of my head, Caleb McCarr, Bowen Byram, and Josh Manson. Three very good Landis, young defensemen. Landis Cog, too. <laughs> Yeah, Colorado, a Colorado team missing so many interesting key players that we forget about Gabe Landeskog, who is objectively very good at hockey. So it's uh, again, on some levels, friends, hockey is full of random weirdness. And that is why we love hockey because of the random weirdness. Uh, But also hockey sometimes is frustrating because of the random weirdness, especially if you're a gambler. So as always, uh, please take Shane's game day bets of the day with a grain of salt bet responsibly and to try to have fun with it the idea is at its core that uh whatever whatever gambling you do should enhance your enjoyment of the sport so if you find yourself getting really riled up about it take a break go uh, you know spend the money on some candy or something no one's gonna judge you but you know make sure you're having fun and speaking about fun chain let's let's dive into the mailbag because i know uh we always get Every I, I do the 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 written edition of the mailbag every Monday on the site, and it's always I'll say this I'll say this fans sometimes we you know roll our eyes because we love your passion, but sometimes your passion is like a lot. But your questions are always good. So if we ever if we ever get uh, show any kind of frustration on the twitters or otherwise, it's because we care, and also because we really enjoy uh, your engagement. So please keep it up. We. Uh, I personally love some of the questions you get in the mailbag. They're always very, I'd say almost always very well framed. So Shane. I like, I like them. I like them because sometimes they'll ask questions that we don't touch on because we're, you know, we're not 
think like some people think it's more uh things are going better or worse than what we do so it's nice to get questions from people that are upset or happy with what the team's doing if, it's, everyone's if, different so it's nice if to nothing take else, in all the different if opinions. nothing else Shane it serves as as the kids say these days a vibe check the kids still say vibe check. I'm in my 30s. I'm I'm, 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 I'm slowly approaching 40, so I don't really know I'm, if I'm allowed to I'm, say vibe check. I'm on the edge of that, so I'm I'm starting to lose a bit of my touch with the youths or Pike. So uh, we do have we'll, – we'll get right into the questions here. Uh, the first one is from uh, Greg F. at Grufflem. Um He asks, based on his play this season, do you guys feel Huberto is playing through an injury that will require end-of-season surgery? I I don't I'm, <laughs> I don't think so. Like I, I think it's just him being more like he. Th- I'll say this about Huberto: he is committed to playing his new role. He may not appear to like it, but he is playing it to the best of what he can do. He's his defensive metrics are fantastic. I I don't like to speculate about people's health Injury. because no. it's tacky. Uh, he was hurt earlier in the year. He uh, sort of had a few minor things that were nagging him. Then he took that time off and he got better. Um. I just think he's adjusting to a new role. I mean, offensively, he's getting there. But, I mean, the Flames play a very specific checking style. And if you're used to playing, and by used to, I mean, if the only game you've ever played, like, the, I don't I don't mean to crap on the Q. The QMJHL is a fine league. Good hockey players there. It's very offensive-minded. And the reputation that the Q has amongst the scouting community is, is river hockey, which, again, is not meant to be – you know, negative, but I mean, the example, uh, Jeremy Poirier, uh, one of the Flames' top prospects, is an excellent example of the types of defensemen that come out of the queue. He's an excellent offensive defenseman. His defensive game is, in a word, clunky, and that's me being polite. So the the tendency of players in the queue is you can play some north-south game, like you can play river hockey, you know, very, very, very simple-minded, very high tempo, very high scoring. The scoring numbers you see out of the queue are often very garish and gaudy and make you go, holy crap, look at that guy's numbers. And that's honestly one of the reasons why NHL equivalents came into fashion in the scouting community is because players coming from the queue just had numbers that were just impossible to adequately compare with the OHL and Western League. And amongst even other leagues. So that's my long way of saying, if you're Jonathan Huberdeau and you came from the queue or you play not a lot of structured defense, it's a lot of outscore your problems kind of hockey. And then you go to the Florida Panthers, which I think stylistically was a great mix, a great fit for him because they played a lot of that. And then you go into the flame system where it is almost entirely the opposite it takes you a while to deprogram some habits. And I think the hesitation that you see sometimes, you know, if you watch Hubert live, he's really good, but you can sort of see like a, a momentary hesitation with the puck almost in every zone that he has the puck in because he's like, you could just see his body language going, okay, what am I supposed to do now? It's like the, it's the difference between seeing someone who's built a lot of Ikea and someone that is building it for the first time where you can sort of see the shape of it and you're starting to put it together. And then you have to pause and go, wait a minute, what the hell is this thing supposed to do? You can sort of uh, see that kind of momentary confusion in his game. Sometimes it's less frequent than it was at the beginning of the season. And that's why he's playing a lot better and his line's a lot better than it was, but I still think it's a process for him. So and I think, I think he's a fantastic open space player and Calgary's attack is highly directed, especially in the offensive zone to keeping possession on the boards 
and then either getting a point shot through traffic, which I hate, like it's such a low percentage chance, or coming off the wall and driving the net, which he doesn't do very well. And or and he's not familiar with it because most of his attack in Florida was done in the open space and playing around in the open space and tons of moving parts. Uh, yeah, it's prone to defensive gaffes that can lead to odd man rushes against, which is why Calgary doesn't do that. But it it played to his strengths. He's playing in some a system that that doesn't play to his strengths. And Florida for years were able to develop their attack around him and Barkov and be like, okay, these are our main pieces. What complements them? He, that's not the case anymore. The case is now you, 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 we're not catering to how you play. You have to assimilate and there's struggles. There's struggles there and there naturally is going to be. And as long as he's playing this, you probably, I never, I mean, you should say, I say never expect 115 because he's not the crash and bang type of player that Kachuk was. And I, I think a yeah. lot of people are realizing right now that it's not just the control of it all. The losing of the Matthew Kachuk around the net has hurt in, them. In the show so Monaghan. And well, the Monaghan lower slot, I mean, they kind of lost that with his injuries last year. I'm not really, I'm just kind of referring to the last year where they went off, the, that top line went off. But, but, but we're missing Kachuk and the, the, the net front presence and the ability to bring the puck from the side of the net or behind the net out front and create dangerous chances that way. Sometimes it's dishing it off to, it was dishing it off to Lindholm up a little higher. That that's one of the most dangerous passes from behind the net out to the front where the goalie has to challenge because the goalie might not be a hundred percent set in his net. And there could be holes on the far side and you're far back, far back enough that the a defender, good, a good example of that. And that's the, not happening. The, the power play goal or Terry Lekkinen scored in the first period against Calgary yeah. on, on Wednesday night was a point shot, sort of a point tip shot thing that, missed the net entirely rebounded off the end boards and went right to left at the far post so if you're markstrom you're 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 square away for a shot relatively in front of you and then you go oh no i think Ranton's trying to tip it to my side so you're over here and then all of a sudden it's back to this way and you go oh no like it's a lot of movement and the easiest way to get pucks through a goalie is by making the move and open it up and objectively Colorado did a really good job of doing that against Calgary. And that's how they scored basically all three of their goals. I mean, and that, but that's just for, for the Huberto of it all. That's the one thing that he doesn't do. Like, like that's the one thing they never replaced. Like they got the speed yeah. and they got the passing and Cadre's actually been a massive uh, help on the zone entries that, that they lost from Gaudreau, which, which was, I was worried about, but that Cadre's actually been the fix to that, but they, de- they don't have anyone. I watched it last night too. They they came out from behind the net. Instead of uh, Toffoli and Lindholm both did this, instead of putting it towards the crease or trying to create some havoc, they hold on to it too long and then go back to the point. And I'm like, why are you taking the puck out of out of the dangerous area once you worked to get it there to take a lower percentage chance? And 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 it's and, because I and think as you they're do not that, all the, familiar or comfortable doing such things. As you do that, do the cycling, you give it's like, you know. The reason why rush changes are considered more dangerous is because the defensive system is not set up in the defensive zone yet. Ah, and so, moving. yeah. And so guys don't have their checks. Guys don't have their guys. You don't have a sense of space. You don't have a sense of speed in the zone. And so if you pass it, if you get in, get down low, and then pass it back to the point, all their other team's guys are back. And then, the, then it's on, a lot of ankles and skates and stuff that can on, block shots and create turnovers. Defending on the rush has to be man coverage. After you get set up, you can go to his own coverage, but the rush itself, you need to be man to man to defend. 
And if you have an odd man rush, the same thing as football. If you if you double team a receiver and leave someone open, they're gonna they're gonna go down and burn you. Same thing in hockey. You leave the trailer open because you're cheating or or you double covered a guy. Well, that's pucks likely gonna end up in the back of your net because they're getting a speedy shot backing the goaltender in. And if the goalie doesn't back in, then a simple move is gonna be all it takes to get around them. It's it the goalies are told to challenge the shot, but if the shooter's allowed to come in and make a move then there's nothing the goalie can do. So I think getting back to the, because I think it was centered around Huberto there is I don't think he's hurt. I just think they're playing a different way and it's, and it is, it, it doesn't take people five seconds to figure this out. And he's done really well at trying to f- play within it. I just don't think it ever is going to play to his strengths. Yeah. But I also think it's the kind of thing that it'll like at some point, like he's, he's better at than he was in October and in March and April, be better at than he is now. It's just a question of, it's it's a learning process. So, Shane, what else we got? Uh, this one's a funnier one. Uh, this is from Brian uh, Baston. He he covers the Predators. He's a big, uh, nice nice little writing friend of mine. Uh, his first question is nice and fun. So, since it's the Flames, which player do you think has the highest resting body temperature? Oh God, I gotta check the list. Hold on. Uh, I want to I want to say Markstrom because he, when in doubt, you always go with a goalie. I uh, I don't know. I I. I I always think it's like someone who gets heated and someone who doesn't take shit. So to me, that's Majapani. <laughs> you know, I would, like I when, would when say, someone pokes, it's like poking a little bear and you turn around and he's going to just claw your eyes out. Cause he does says, he's a, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And okay. If we're actually in part, because he's Russian and in part, because he plays with some feistiness, I'd say Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, there's a few. And then so, I, yeah, there's, I, there's a few guys. There's a few guys. I, that I can, can make tell you the, the, the easily the lowest resting body temperature is Tanev because that guy doesn't get bothered by anything. Or like, alternately, like he, he, could, it, he could be doing like a Bruce Banner and the Avengers kind of thing where his secret is he's always angry. Yeah, yeah, that's the secret. Cat so one. his baseline is just pure rage. So he never really sees seems too too upset because he's always upset. Yeah, so no, Brian, I, I, I like I like that question. I like that I like your tentative answer too for the the opposite yeah. of that. Yeah, he doesn't get worried. Uh, his there was he asked three. The third one was half season thoughts on Huberto, which we just did. Um, the second one was he was asking why Milan Lucic is in the top six, and he genuinely wanted a serious answer from us for that. So, um, Pike, I'll let you go first. I have my own interpretation of it. So. Well, be I'd say right anymore. now because they don't have the cast base to make a move quite yet to get somebody better and internally they don't think they have anybody better they've tried adam razichka in that role and he was good initially and then fine like i think the problem with razichka is i think his consistency as has been the criticism of his game since he was drafted in 2017 razichka's consistency is something that's drawn criticism from scouts and probably the coaching staff we've heard daryl sutter mention in the past uh and i think that's kind of thing so if you're looking for internal options I think it's really unfair to throw a Pelche or a Phillips directly in the top six, especially if there's no injury, because if there's an injury, I'll say this, I, I'll say this. So I was around during the Sven Berici experiment. And so, Sven, so for those of you who don't remember, Sven Berici was the Flames' first round pick in uh, 2011. He was a really good draft pick. Good. It's a pretty good draft year. He had a really good draft year, Portland Winterhawks player, really good, really promising. So they brought in Sven. What happened was uh, uh, the NHL has uh, – is regulated by the 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 agreement they have. I forget the exact term. It's the uh, the partnership agreement they have with the Canadian Hockey League, where if you're a, a a nineteen or eighteen or nineteen year old player who's been drafted, you have to go back to the AHL unless you're on the NHL roster, or you have to go back to junior uh, unless you're on the NHL roster. The the 
exception to that in the transfer agreement is in the event that a team has a certain number of injuries, I think it's like three or four. They've changed the wording of the rule a couple times, but at the time I think it was three or four. So the Flames are missing like four regular forwards, five regular forwards. And so they called the CHL. They said, Hey, can we bring up bear chief for an emergency basis? Uh, and because the idea was you're either going to like the East Coast League to grab some, you know, milkman or you're going to the, the WHL to grab your top prospect. So that was the justification they made. The, the WHL and the league were like, cool, you can do it. Here's the problem. So Sven Bayershi came in when the team was injured. And at the time, uh, in retrospect, rather foolishly, uh, then general manager Jay Feaster, you know, after he had one good game, he's like, oh, this guy's going to be the, the face of their franchise after General McGinley. And all due respect to everyone involved, I think framing it as the an eight this eighteen year old child will be is here to save insert team name here is a ton of pressure to put on a guy because if you're that age you don't live on your own you've never had a job you've never had to feed yourself you've never had to budget like you've had bills and or your parents dealing with the whole time so there's a lot of shit need to figure out to be a grown-ass adult if you're not playing professional hockey. And imagine if you're also playing professional hockey and dealing with us jerks in the media and dealing with fan pressure and dealing with the fact that your your boss just put that kind of pressure on you. I I understand part of the part of the touting of Berchi as that was sort of a marketing scheme because at the time, Jerome McGinley was starting to get on in years and he only had a couple years left in his contract. I think he might have had a year left when Sven came up. So the idea that, yeah, you want to sort of be like, here's the next guy. Okay, great. I kind of understand why you do it that way. But it for the for the kid, for the player, for expectations management, for their mental health, for yeah. any number of things, bad idea. And shockingly, Sven Berchi did not turn out amazingly well. Part of it was injuries. He had some concussion problems, unfortunately. And when your brain gets messed up, sometimes it don't go back to where you want it to be. And that's the challenge with brain injuries where you – probably know maybe 30% of what we want to know about brain injuries at this point. Uh, but what we do know, we don't like, uh, but he had some bad injury luck, but I also think he was sort of set up to fail in some ways by the lack of expectations management. And I think the challenge is if say, let's just say, you, you know, you throw in Jacob Pelche when flames have a bunch of injuries, you're like, Oh, we're, you know, we don't have enough bodies to fill out a roster. So we're going to bring up a kid and throw him in and it's short term and it's low expectations. It's, well, kid, if, you know, our expectation is we just want you to fill a gap. Filling a gap is easy. Filling a top six gap is friggin' hard. And especially if the idea is your team's not playing well and you want a 20-something-year-old kid, even if even if you're putting it on someone like uh, like a 24-year-old like Matthew Phillips, it's tough. It's, it's tough, especially if you've been there before and you don't know how you're going to deal with it. So – you know, the, the Flames have thrown Walker Dewar the fourth line, and he's good, and he's 25, good. and he's he's basically, a, you know, Walker Dewar is not going to get any better or any worse than Walker Dewar is right now. Uh, he's probably topped out in terms of his development. He was pretty close to topped out when, you got, when they got him at, from college. And honestly, that's kind of the appeal of college prospects. You bring guys in to fill in gaps. You're like, you know, they did the same thing with Garrett Hathaway, where they signed Garrett Hathaway to an AHL deal, and they're like, Garrett Hathaway from Brown University, how would you like to play middle six hockey for the Abbotsford Heat? And he was pretty good. And they said, how would you like to play fourth line hockey for the Flames? He said, sure. And he's pretty good. And he's never gotten better, and he's never gotten worse. And so if you wanted to find success for Walker Doerr or Garrett Hathaway or Ryan Lomberg or any number of these 
guys I'll affectionately call pluggers, but you can plug them in, throw them in your roster. They're not going to, they're not going to be appreciably better or worse than they are right now. And so you don't really need to say, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. Like when Walker Doors scored a goal in uh, St. Louis, that was a bonus. The idea is you just want, you know, his idea is, you know, throw some hits, bring some pace. Don't, don't get in the way. And he's done that. But the expectations for someone in the top six are you better be scoring because your expect like Walker Doors, successful Walker Door in the American League was just basically what he's doing in the NHL, just with slightly more scoring. And the scoring was a bonus. But the expectations say for Matthew Phillips, Matthew Phillips has been conditioned. Success for Matthew Phillips since he was in what the second year of junior has been, you, you know, you need to be an offensive leader for the Victoria Royals. Okay, great. You need to be an offensive leader for the Stockton Heat, the Calgary Wranglers, whoever. And same with Pelche. Pelche has been a tippity top guy everywhere he's been. And even in in for the Wranglers, that's his role. So I think unless you are really sure that they're ready for that role, and not a lot of guys are, it's tremendously stressful and challenging. And I'd say borderline I, unfair to throw them in that situation. So that's a long way of saying I don't think I don't. I don't think it's unfair, Mike. I, I really don't think it's unfair at all because the players need to learn how to screw up. That's the point. The point of playing and, and doing the top six is to learn how to do the job so you can do it later. And until you do it, you're not going to feel the pressure and the speed and everything that comes with the job. Until you actually try to do it, you, you're never, you, and you're told you can't do it yet, well, that's horseshit. That's absolute horseshit. You, unless you give him a chance, he needs a chance to fucking prove himself. The guy on the bench. Lucic, as soon as the other teams started taking advantage of his lack of speed, th- he got moved off the line. It took three games of that. Of uh, The Nashville game was constant. Deep pressure on Lucic. Forced oh, to up. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He's going to be back there against Tampa Bay. Oh, I don't doubt that. Oh, I don't doubt that he's going to he's going to be put back where he's supposed to, or where he has been, but it's it's I and this is speculative for me, but I think the coach is trying to tell his GM he wants a better tool. He I want you to go yeah. out and buy one. I, he's going to he's going to do that at the constantly, He's constantly said that, you know, this team doesn't have any dynamic players. They don't have uh, the the personnel to do this, they have to uh, take the term. The term the term he used was dominant. They don't have any dominant players. Dominant and, players, yeah. And has any of the any of the product you see on the ice convinced you otherwise? If they play a proper structured system, they can dominate games. Yes, absolutely. If they don't, no, no, no. He said dominant, dominant players. He didn't say like I don't think they have one guy that can take over games. They don't have one guy that's. I think they're scared to fucking try anything outside of the system for fear they're going to get put back on the bench. I it th- this is not pairing very well. It gets it's working and they're treading water and they're not ten up or ten out. So they're just going to keep doing the same thing because it's yeah. not hurting them. But okay, when well, are you going to make it? When are you going to make an effort to try and get better? Do Do you think that's sort of a self fulfilling prophecy? Because I'll say this. I'll say this. So we've talked about this in this program in the past. I've talked about it elsewhere. So the flames are risk averse and especially their coach and their coach, yeah. coach are risk averse because he thinks they're good enough to make it. So he's playing a style that he thinks they can replicate. Granted, who knows if they can make it, but he's playing a style that he thinks they can replicate in the playoffs. And so I think the challenge is unless he th- like the short answer is why is Lucic in the top six? Lucic fits the place of style very well that the coach thinks they need to play. And, you know, Rizichka is sort of like, I mentioned the consistency. Rizichka's, like, performance is, like, all over the place. Lucic is always here. Is it particularly high? No, but it's steady. And if you're a risk averse, you want steady. And what's the old saying? What's the old saying? Safe as death? Safe as death? They can play it safe and sneak in, and then they'll play their grind them down hockey, just like the Kings did when they were the eighth seed. That's what they're trying for. That's what they're going for. The Kings had, like... Jonathan Quick playing off his ass. Yeah, and, Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty is the number one and Kopitar yeah. and, like you know. So so Dustin Brown was thing. a hell of a player too. Like you're they, they had a lot of guys. They had a lot of guys who were borderline elite at the things they were doing. Not at everything. Well, I but, still think they have an ice. They still have not tried Lindholm and Toffoli apart from each other. They still haven't. And you can't tell me you've tried everything for offense until you've done that. Uh, I, I feel there's quite a bit of stubbornness, and I, I, I just, I just, hey, why is stubborn, the stubbornness, stubbornness. My number one answer is because I think the coach is trying to tell his GM he wants go get me something better. But I think what that costs right now is something that the GM isn't willing to give up because they're again not ten up or ten out, and this mm-hmm. is not the year you want to trade your first round pick to miss. You, you probably don't want to trade your second round pick this year. Yeah, you don't want to trade. This is a this is a deep. Maybe the deep, you, you could trade your twenty twenty four second. I don't give a crap about that one. Uh, Dan Marr from Central Scouting, and uh, when they released the mid season rankings last week, uh, his phrasing was, "I think there it's about fifty five to sixty players deep." Yeah, and that's hard. 
that's that's the start. Like you're you're getting potential second line guys, third line middle six guys in in the second round. Yeah. Like, like it, that's it falls, it falls off in the talent. third and fourth. I think the third and fourth are basically the way most fifths are in a lot of years. So it's like yeah. basically it's... the first the, the first round is a really good first round. The second round is also a pretty good first round. The third round is more of a fourth round. The fourth round is like a fifth or sixth round, and the, then it sort of tails off. The top seven all has top three talent. Let's just like that's where it starts. The top seven to ten prospects would be top five picks in every other draft. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, and so, so that there's an absolute disconnect. And so I think if, the coach if, wants something, and the GM's not if, willing. If to we're gonna, if we're gonna, speculate. if we're gonna give a short answer for this, short answer for why is Lucic in the top six? The short answer is either risk aversion or stubbornness, depending on how how uh, grumpy you want to be in any given time. They simply. They don't think, and by they, I mean the coach, the coach does not think that the other options they have available to them to play in that spot, aside from Lucic, can 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 do it the way they want it to be done. And I, I, I think that a player that's put point-per-game production and gets absolutely strong praise from a great coach, Mitch Love, uh, not even getting a look. And I, I can tell you, you don't spend that long on the roster without the GM hoping you take a look. It's not just about getting the payday. There's something going on there. It's about being a sponge too. I mean, Daryl's comments this week about going around and learning things. Like they did that with Rasmus Anderson. Yeah. It worked. And it was sort of in a similar situation. At the end of the year. It was in that 2017 year where they weren't quite in and they were trying to get in and they had some cap space to work with because they managed the cap well. Like they brought him up, I think the week after the trade deadline, they used one of their four recalls on him. And they just kept him around the whole time because they felt it was – you know, using one of the recalls and using the cap space and using the time, like the the seat, the locker room is prime real estate. They felt it was worthwhile to, to use a developmental tool. So you're, pre- too, you're preaching to the, you're preaching. To the, I, you know, I know, you know, I know we, we have our own talks. It's just, we, we you're try preaching, to, you're preaching to the converted to look, here. We, we, we try to look at what, how the coach is thinking, what fans think. There's so many yeah. opinions. The answer, I, if you're asking, if you're asking why the answer is because the coach thinks he's the best the option they have. Do what he, it's the same thing for Moneyball. You know, the coach is going to play the roster. Art Howe has the uh, – yeah, that's exactly the it. The coach, coach is getting the final say on the roster. So unless unless you do something to change the roster, he's going to play the roster the way he wants to. So um, the next one is a fun one. The next one's a fun one. The last um, one was a fun one. I mean, that was a good discussion. Um, uh, with Jared Sharp moving down, are we going to have to lock the beer fridge? I think – Think that he stops the, the beer fridge. Yeah, he's he's the so one he who... can drink as much as he wants. Yeah, Jared. Jared, uh, we we stole Jared, uh, our the sales guy, the Wolverine, uh, as he's known on Barnburner. We've stole Jared from Edmonton. Him and his wife are moving down to Calgary because uh, we're, you, we're the the boys are eating up enough of his time. But also, he's doing enough cool stuff down here that uh, we felt it was a, a worthy acquisition. I believe we sent back milk like a, a carton of. I think we sent him a carton of milk because we want him to modernize and get used to Western Canada. Yeah, but, we yeah, we're, we're 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 the short answer is no. We want the beer fridge unlocked so we can keep filling it. Yeah, he's the guy that keeps putting it in. The last thing I want to do is lock him out because then it get empty pretty quick. <laughs> so that's that one. Um, there was one uh, asking about Shillington that we answered already and said uh, no, no news, back. no news on number fifty-eight. No news. When, when there's new, when there's news, we'll tell you. Believe when me, there, this is, when there's this is, news, you'll hear it from not us. The, the 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 two things we we're asked most about in the mailbag on the street, the concourse are 
the two are what the hell is up with Daryl Sutter? And we just, we talked about that already. And what the hell is up with Shillington? And we'll tell you when we know. That's the short answer. Uh, I like, I love this next question. It's my favorite one that we got asked. Um, you would know because you're Mr. Catman uh, and you've got your spreadsheets and I've seen them. Oh God, uh, is this that this, one? This one is from Slavith, uh, Trevor. Uh, and basically he's just wondering, is it possible for the Flames to trade for someone they can use LTIR space for to maximize what they could acquire at the deadline? No, that, that's that's basically is, the short answer is no. Uh, all the all the LT all doing LTIR does is allow you to replace. So, like, say hypothetically, if they said like right now Shillington's, you know, getting paid against the cap, uh, and he has a you know he they're they're carrying his cap hit. If they put Shillington in LTIR. You're allowed to spend this, but you basically can just go over the cap by the amount of money you're replacing. The idea, the conception is, you know, the cap is 82.5 this year. The idea is that if someone disappears for reasons of retirement or debilitating injury, you can replace them with the, a player or players making the same amount. So it's, uh, I think there's the perception that the, that it's like a magic bullet for the cap. But all it does is allow you to replace guys. You So if the idea is you're acquiring somebody who you immediately need to replace, it's money in, money out. You're not gaining anything. I, I like, yeah, Pike, Pike knows how it rules. But as far as I'm concerned, you have to have the money to require the contract in the first place. You can't even put them directly into LTIR. So yeah, you have, have... You can, once you're already in LTIR, you can make trades to add to LTIR. But, but until you're not. in LTIR, you have to be compliant. And Unless your roster is Tampa Bay back-to-back quality and you're confident in that, I do. I wouldn't want to live in LTIR. I'd rather what they're doing right now is they have cap space, and every day it gets bigger. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, they're what, at, what they're at about teams, two million today, and it can get up to about three and a half. It's a little bit. It's a little less than two, and it's going. It's I think right now it's projected to be around four the trade deadline. Yeah, but, and yeah, so like that, that's the, what they're going to do. If that's if you're a team, doing. like I'll say this, so the the Toronto Maple Leafs had was affectionately known as Robida Island, uh, Robida. named yeah, after Stefan Robida. Stefan Robida was on LTI for like forever, and so what the Leafs did th- this will spoil this will spoil something for you folks. The the, the Maple Leafs are friggin' rich, and when you're <laughs> a rich team, you can eat. Like LT, players in LTIR, like some of the contracts are insured, some of them are, ins- are fully, some of them are not insured at all. Uh, so it depends on the player. So if you have an injury history, it's harder to insure your contract. Like uh, I imagine Michael Furland's contract in Vancouver is either not insured for the full amount or not insured at all because Michael Furland, when he signed in Vancouver, had a history of injury, specifically concussions. And unfortunately, his history of concussions and his, pr- his career prematurely, as an aside, we've talked to his agent recently. He's doing well and enjoying life. So Good for you, Michael Furland. Uh, I always enjoy that guy. But if you're the if you're the the Vancouver Canucks, you're eating the full freight for an uninsured contract or a, or a not fully insured contract. Uh, if you have a player who has no injury history, it's easy to insure their contract, and so you're probably not paying the full amount. So if you're acquiring a, a player on L, who's on LTIR, for example, and they're non-insured at all if you're a rich team you can do that you can say hey let's just i'm gonna pick on them hey arizona coyotes if the yeah. arizona coyotes are not a high revenue team so their ability to, to pay players to not play for them is rather low so if you're the maple leafs for example you might go to them and say hey i know you have so-and-so in ltir well we'll we'll take them off your hands but give us a draft pick so you're basically you've heard of buying cap space this would be essentially buying 
free money. Like you'd free up money on your actual budget, but you'd have to give something up. So some of the high revenue teams have done that in the past, the Leafs, the Rangers, a few other teams. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. Uh, teams can do that. A lot of teams don't like doing that. A lot of uh, ownership groups prefer not to spend money on players that aren't playing. And yeah, if I were running a team and I was spending millions of dollars, I'd prefer not to give millions of dollars to guys who aren't playing either. Uh, well, uh, so it's, my- like, this is, it's the same reason why a lot of owners really hate buyouts because paying somebody to play for someone else is weird if you're thinking about it. But it's these are tools that exist in the CBA that allow teams to have their cake and eat it too. And I imagine this is my bold prediction. This offseason, uh, the cap's probably only going to go up by a million bucks for next year. And no one has cap space. Uh, this is a year where I think this season, something like 19 or 20 teams, according to Puckpedia, have been using LTI because they're bumping up against the ceiling. And with the cap only going up a little bit and a lot of players, a lot of teams needing raises, we're going to see just a shit show this summer. I think the teams that have cap space, the four or five of them, are gonna be making a mint. If you thought play, if you thought teams were playing or paying a lot in draft picks to get out from under bad contracts before, this season uh, might take the cake. Well, and and uh, it's worth noting about the escrow agreement and stuff too. Uh, Matt Boldy's contract actually is massively front loaded uh, because in, when they in know the, the, the escrow, escrow percentage, CBA, escrow because they, like, it could go up. I think escrow. Like, I only want to pay six percent. I think, the, yeah, the first three years is contract of the last three years of the current CBA. Yeah. And I think loaded. escrow is capped at like seven or eight percent or something like that. I haven't looked at the escrow percentages recently, but it's below 10 percent. Uh, yeah, it, it we'll was see. six when I it was six, but that was on a random Twitter post. No, no things. But 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 that's what I'm saying is, is that's the other thing too. players, if uh, if any, are going to really want to sign into two, three or two year deals here. Because like then then the escrow might change. The cap but is going also, up, and then the cap the will spike. The, like not this year, more than likely. Like I'd put ninety nine percent likely. Twenty three twenty four, it's going to spike six million dollars. Uh, other way around. Twenty four twenty four twenty five. Sorry, it's going to spike six million dollars, and then then you're going to see that's the same thing that happened uh, when they the same off season that Lucic and Kyle Ocposo got their big deals. Everyone's going to spend again because now that they have the money, well, I I spent three years knowing what's wrong with my team. I'll fix it real quick, and then yeah. it doesn't work like that. And, 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 then, and, the, and the, the the same GMs and agents who've complained about there being no money in the system will be like, "Hooray, there's money in the system," and then. Everyone's going to overspend, and then we'll be back up again for teams bumping their heads up against the cap and going, don't worry, Shane. Next year, the cap goes up, so this won't be a problem. No, no, there's never going to be bad contracts. In famous, famous last words. Famous um, last words. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, what else we got? That, well, James asked about how uh, my beard um, looks, uh, and I, I, I sent him a picture of my da- dad currently. So uh, it's genetics. Uh, and Your dad's my got a good hair, hair on him, too. He's doing well. Yeah, yeah, you know, he listens to every single podcast, so he's gonna love that's, hearing that that's, that's, <laughs> that's good genetics, man. Like my yeah, my, so... my my I have I I got patches that I can't fully grow in. My dad is the same ones. He I he uh, worked in the oil patch for thirty years, so he wasn't allowed to have a beard. Uh, now he works for an old farmer. Uh, he's a mechanic, so he 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 can grow it out. And, uh, you know, it made me, it made me miss mine. So it's, it's back. like, it's like the, the moment that players no longer play for Lou Lamorello, they go out and they're like, I'm growing out my hair. I'm growing out my beard. I'm going to look like a lumberjack for a few weeks. Yeah, and everyone, then their wives are like, drives to look like Brent Burns until they start to look like Brent Burns. And then, and then everyone, everyone's like you said, everyone's wife usually goes. Only, 
Only Brent Burns can get away with looking like Brent Burns all the time. Uh, and Drew Doughty. I'll give Doughty too. Doughty and Burns. And I think, Burns, I think there's a I think, few. I would say few. I would say Burns he pulls it off the best. Oh, hundred percent. Uh I don't know how he munches down on them Kit Kats though. Uh then then that was it. Uh Justin, old old coworker of mine from Matchsticks, asked if Pepsi or Coke. I'm a Pepsi guy. Um, but you can convince me to drink a Coke. So I'm also a Pepsi guy, but I'm also I'm also I drink whatever's free. So yeah. yeah. If, uh, if if the fridge upstairs in the press box only has Coke, I'm not gonna be bitching. I'm gonna be going like, okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, and if I'm drinking at a game, it's it's hundred percent whatever's in the taps, not not, not whatever. You're, you're not gonna be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, speaking of my dad, guy. we went to the World Juniors at the Saddle Dome in 2012. He he came with me, but we weren't sitting together. We had to sit on opposite uh, ends of the rink because that was all we could buy by the time we were allowed to book our tickets. He walked around the whole place until he could find somewhere that he could get a Jack and Coke. And then he just kept going back to the same spot, which is that one booth kind of off to the left on the concourse. The one in the corner the there. Room. Yeah, yeah. So he just he found where it was and then he was happy. But he's it's, the it's only like, guy uh, I know that goes to a game. It doesn't. It just absolute no interest in drinking the beer. Just wants Jack and Coke. They, they have the same. They have that one place at the end that sells the good Caesars. And so yeah. you can't. Uh, that's you where can, my buddy Darcy goes. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, otherwise, like you have to go around being like, "Do you have this? No, you have this. No." Like I, I understand the impulse. If you have like, there's one or two places with really good food on the concourse and really good drinks, and those are the places you got to go to. So. I'm actually, this is bringing me up. I'm surprised we didn't get any arena questions <laughs> because if there's anyone's nothing, gonna to, talk ask about. Anyone, there's it's, nothing it's, to talk about right there's, now. There's still nothing going on, but I mean, I will say whenever, cause it'll happen. I, I, I in my mind, I think it'll always going to happen. Whenever they get a new arena, I hope they have the same amenities and cool stuff like the ice cream stands and, and the multiple types of food they, that, that they do. Calgary is a multicultural the, place. I would love I know, to I know the, more. I know the folks who run food services, the Saddleome and run the concessions, they're well aware of what people love about their concessions. Yeah. Uh, I think the last plans I saw, the the, the last mock-ups were uh, more pocket dog stands because they're aware of the lines. They're, the idea was they've tracked uh, the things that have that have the longest lines and sell the most. And they, <laughs> the bathrooms they, and the pocket dogs. Bathrooms, <laughs> pocket dogs, and a couple of popcorn stands. They're basically, they're, their plan is to add more of the things that people like bathrooms and pocket dogs primarily uh because yeah like they the idea is they want they want to be a place that you don't you're not sort of stuck on the concourse i've been told they really don't want to have trucks or anything on the concourse uh, so we're not going to have that that weird pinch point you'll know you'll notice that they no longer have trucks in the concourse in the narrowest part of the concourse and that is because the contract ended but also people complained and so i think they decided to not really look at doing more of that because it was kind of unpopular no more finding love at the saddle so, dome. <laughs> the yeah, the short the short answer is they're listening. They're the things that the, the the things that you want in the building are the things that the people who work there want in the building, and they're being listened to. I that so, that's all the questions we got. Um, I know some juicy gossip dropped today. We're gonna let it um stir for a we'll, bit. Uh, yeah, we talk we'll, about we'll, it. We have we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, do another episode. This is we do uh yeah, there's but so. there's we're we're doing next week, I believe it's episode 69. Nice. Woo! And then uh then for the all-star break and I'm in Hawaii that week. So we're not doing an episode because I'm not friggin' working while I'm in Hawaii. Uh I'll just go other- Instagram live for a bit and y'all can listen to me ramble. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You whatever you want to do, man, I don't care. You gotta do what you gotta do. But that week I'm off so uh there's other people's problems that week, but we'll be, uh, we'll be back next week uh, when inevitably whatever hot goss 
dropped on Thursday will continue to percolate. We'll actually have a bit more information, hopefully. Uh, and if if nothing does, we're not going to make any more allusions to it because we want this to make no sense to people listening in two weeks. Uh, well, I think I think that basically does it for us. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by uh, Rupert's or Eau Claire Distillery, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Disclosure, they make a lot, of, a lot of other really tasty things too. So if you're someone that likes, let's say, gin, they make good gin. They make good everything. They're, they're local. They're very tasty. And uh, everything they make makes good gifts. We're sneaking up on Valentine's Day, folks. We're about a month away. So if you drop the ball at Christmas and your partner's no longer mad at you or you think they're no longer mad at you, the best way to make sure they're not mad at you is to get them a nice gift at uh, Valentine's Day. Also, maybe do it the week before Valentine's Day so they don't think you're beholden to arbitrary dates in the calendar. Uh, be nice to your partner most of the time. Not all the time because then they'll expect it, but most of the time. <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> I think that's it for us. I think that's good, buddy. We'll, I think, uh, we'll be back in a week, uh, as always, as we go along. Please continue to send us your questions for the weekly mailbag. And we're going to do another one of these mailbags in about a month uh, in the run-up towards the trade deadline because we have a feeling – There'll be a lot of a lot of things to 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 mull over as we see how the flames look with the headline. So for, for Shane, I'm Ryan. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys in a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. 
Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.